0: Praise God for praise and worship. Amen. Amen. Y'all, can, y'all can be seated. As we go through this, this new series that we're going to start today on mental health, I really want you to make good use of praise and worship time. Because as we study about God's healing of the mind... One of the things that we're gonna really focus on a lot in looking at the different people in the Bible who went through dark spaces, really struggled with some things in their minds. Uh, praise was huge in their recovery, and they're coming through it. And I know it's, it's you know it's the first week of, of kids being out of school. We got a lot of people traveling, and there's going to be a lot of coming and going during the summer. I know a lot of people are in. Uh, baseball, softball tournaments, and that sort of thing. Family vacations, but but stick with us. I think it'll be cohesive, even if you miss one. I don't think you'll feel like, oh, where is she coming from? You know, where did that come from? I think it'll you'll be able to pick right back up the next Sunday that you're here. But I want to start off in Psalm 43, and this started stirring in me a couple of weeks ago. I was going through my phone. And I I believe the Lord directed me there. And I was going back through some old notes in the notes section of my phone. And I found some that I had written several years ago. And just blogging, you know, just journaling, if you will. And where I was in that time period, Lynn, compared to where I was sitting there reading it a couple of years later was a totally different place. And... It encouraged me in that we may go through seasons where we feel like it's an eternity. <laughs> and we, we feel like we're, you know, when are we going to break through this thing? But at some point, we look back and we made it through that thing. Amen. And when I was reading it, I started to read it to you this morning, but I'm going to have to read it several times to get emotionally through it. So that I can read it up here and, and, and be able to finish. Uh, but there, Christianity does not keep the world from spinning around you. And it doesn't keep a seasons from coming. It gives us the strength, Amen. the faith to make it through those seasons and to make it through those seasons more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Because we're not just survivors. We're more than conquerors. We're overcomers because of Jesus. And so I really want I, I really want to get to the nitty-gritty of some things. As we go through this in the next few weeks, I want to be able to be real transparent with you if I can. If you can handle it and I can handle it. Because there's not anybody in this room that's immune from some of the things that happen because we live in a cursed earth. But we can't overcome what happens because we live in a cursed earth. And that's where we've got to keep our focus. So let's start off in Psalm 43 this morning. And this is, I love the Psalms because whether it was David or whether it was some of the other psalmists writing it, they often start off talking to God about how they feel. It's raw. It's like, God, take this from me. (laughs) This is what I'm going through. This is a dark place. Where are you? There's this, this rawness, this transparency of them but then you begin to see it turn you begin to see their wording not stay camped out there and I think as faith people people of faith we we ha- there's a fine line to walk here and I want us to walk it correctly because when I grew up in the faith movement there was almost this um this thing that wasn't spoken but kind of expected That you were a rock and you had no emotion or feelings. And if you did, you sure didn't express it. I I feel that the proper thing is God knows anyway. If you need to talk to him about it, by all means talk to him about it. And let him turn your focus upward and start changing your countenance by his presence denial and ignoring is not faith. Facing it with faith is faith. And sometimes we have to call ourselves out, and I believe that's what the psalmist is doing right here. He starts off in verse 5, and he says, what's going on with you? (laughs) He's talking to himself. That's not the King James Version. Um, I'm reading out of the Amplified, by the way. He says, why are you cast down? Oh, my inner self. You know what he's saying? What is going on in me? I, I promise you it was about a week, well, it was a week ago because John said he could tell I was a little off Sunday. He'd not it in the best way, I'm sure. <laughs> he still works here. Um, <laughs> isn't he a blessing? Last week was spectacular. I literally said, sitting in the living room in my favorite chair, What is going on with me? God, just in a funk. I mean, how else do you describe it? I mean, because sometimes y'all look at us from the outside and you say, she, she was raised in the perfect home with perfect parents. And I was. I was. They were almost perfect. I had a great upbringing. I had a great foundation laid for me. And that foundation did not keep things from happening, some of them being my own choices. But what that foundation did was kept me from crumbling. Amen. Yes. And so I, I asked the Lord, what, what is this? Because first of all, I really don't have a big reason to feel what I was feeling Rusty was well-behaved that week. (laughs) For For, for what? He said. I mean, we weren't, there wasn't anything going on. I mean, yes, he had hit a deer with his truck, told his truck, you know, blah, blah, blah. But that's nothing to us. I mean, well, it was to you. But what I mean is, it's not detrimental. You were good. Trucks are replaceable, right? It's something to deal with. He had to deal with insurance and everything, but... We've already had our worst day. So, you know, that was in priority. That that wasn't... It was fixable. Did I I get out of that? Okay. Okay, good. (sighs) And then I thought, okay, is this... Because sometimes when you're interceding for people, you will take on what they're going through and you know that you need to pray for them. But that didn't come to me. It was me. Susan was in a cloud. That's all I can tell you. They're just... I, I was just having to work on some things. And so he brought me to this scripture. Why are you cast down? That cast down, that means why are you depressed? It means to sink or to depress. Why are you, oh, my inner self? He's talking to himself. And we titled today, let him help. Let him help. But sometimes in letting him help, you've got to ask your que- yourself the question, you've got to acknowledge something's not right here. I'm not right. I, something's not right here. And please know that is normal. Yes. Yes. See, we live in a world that is so obsessed with mental health right now That it almost glorifies mental illness. Mental illness was not meant for you. What Jesus went through and the mental anguish that he went through before the crucifixion, during the crucifixion, and in the heart of the earth—that was your for your mental health. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to be. I'm not going to try to figure out through psychology what's wrong with you or what's wrong with me. This is what I know. Let him help. That's yeah. If you go to the doctor, let God help. Yes. If, you see, if, if you need medication, let God help. Let God help. Let him direct you in how you need help. So I'm not saying don't get help. We need you alive. We can go from there. Yeah. Okay? So let him help. Why are you cast down? Why are you sunk? Why, why are you depressed? Oh, my inner self. He's asking himself. And why should you moan over me and be disquieted mm. within me? Disquieted. That is the opposite of quiet. Right. It means loud and troubled. You know when your head gets in that whirlwind spin? Yes. Yep. And all you can think about is your woes? And I want to be real careful here. I don't want to make light of what's going on. I don't want to call it a pity party. Because some of the things you're going through are pitiful. They're horrible. God help us in these moments. He's saying, hey, what's going on? Why am I disquieted? Why is my quiet, calm gone? You know what he's telling me? To lose your quiet calm is not the way you're supposed to be. So he knows something's wrong because he's lost his his peace. Not that nothing's happening wrong in his world, but that he's lost that inner peace. Listen to how he turns it around. He's expressed this. You might be feeling sorry for him right now. And then he says, hope in God. You know who he's talking to? Himself. Himself. Hope in God. Wait expectantly for him. I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. Woo! You know, this is what we have to do. So, you know, when you go just in a, this is what we do in daily life. Okay, God, what's going on? You know what he said? You're in a funk. God may not use that word with you, but, you know, he talks my language. You're in a funk. Come out of it. Okay. So I get out my little red Bose speaker that's up upteen dozen years old. Charge it up. Get my Spotify out. Crank it up. Anna, you know I've got good sound in my house. Let it resonate through that house. And then uh, uh, one of my grandkids came over and spent the night with me that night or the night after. And we've We sang Veggie Tales. Let me tell you something. God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. Yes, sing it with me, church. Right? If if y'all don't know Veggie Tales, you're missing out. You can help your soul right there. And then he found one he liked called Keep Walking. And and Lord help us is right. We heard it. I don't know. I can't tell you how many times. So I sent it to mom and Rusty the next morning. Rusty was at work just to remind them of what we had been through the night before. You know what? I don't know where that went. But it went. That's what the psalmist is doing right here. He's turning this thing. Okay, something's off. This is what you're going to do. You're going to hope in God. You know, he never answered his why. Why are you cast down? Why did you moan? Why are you disquieted? Why? He never answered his why. But he did address it with the what. What to do. Sometimes we don't know why. Sometimes we do. I mean, sometimes it's circumstantial. But sometimes we don't know why. But I can tell you this has to do with your thoughts. So that's what he begins to do with. So I hate one, two, threes, but I'm going to do it this morning out of of Psalm 43. Address it. He didn't ignore it. The psalmist called it out to himself. Pay attention. Something's going on. Something's not on level. Something's out of culture. Call it out because ignoring it and denying it is not faith. But neither is faith. Camping out on the problem. When I was thinking about this, a really odd question came to me when I said this isn't normal. What is normal? Now we're in a society right now, if you watch an a, um, antidepressant commercial, I'm not against them, okay? I'm just saying if you watch one of those commercials on any given day and they list those things, it could fit me. Is there any amen in the house? I mean, if you just catch me at the wrong time, i am keep like, check, 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 check. Uh, and you know what? Almost every human being in this black book right here that I hold called the Bible could have checked. Everything on that list at some point or another, and yet God does not see their mental state as terminal. So don't what is normal? I don't know if y'all want to hear this or not. But first Corinthians 10 4 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. There is nothing out there. That's not common to man. You're, you are not weird because you're having a mental battle. Now, if you're, if you're demonically possessed, we can deal with that. Get out. That's what we say to the demon. Get out. But if you're a Christian, you cannot be demon-possessed. So then we're dealing with things, issues of the mind Thought processes, things from the past, things that we're intaking from the gates to our mind, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, those are how we feed into our mind. And we're supposed to guard those gates with all diligence, the scripture says, for out of them come the issues of life. And God said, There ain't nothing, there's nothing out there. Except what is common to man and God is faithful. Now people misquote this. I shouldn't say they misquote it. They quote it and they twist it. And I, I hate it because I almost don't use this verse because I hate so bad what people, how people manipulate it. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. God is not sending the temptation, the trial, the test. In fact, the scripture is very plain. It says, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So what, to me, what he is saying is he has covered everything that, it, that can possibly approach the human race. He has made a way above it. There, there is no mental thing that he has not provided health for. There is no temptation that he, that he has not made a way for you to rise above it. There is always an escape door that God has made. And that escape door, I think Jesus said, He is the way. Yes. Amen. The Word is the way. Jesus, the Word. He is the way. There's nothing, absolutely nothing that could come to you that God has not provided a way for you to stand through and overcome. Nothing. And if you've always had mental problems, today's your day. There is a door. There is a way. So address it. Something isn't normal. What's normal? I wanted to bring a balance up here. You know the little bubble in the middle? and you can tell when something's off-kelter because the bubble goes to one side or the other and you want to get it balanced. You're spirit man. You are a spirit. You have a soul, mind, thinking processes, will, emotions, and you live in a body. But you, spirit man, that's alive to God, knows when something's off in you, when something's not right. And the word says it will judge our thoughts and the intents of our heart. And sometimes we're reading the word and we realize, oh, something's not right. Something's off culture. We address it and we look for his way above it because there is one. There is one. The next thing he says to do is to hope in God. we got to shift our thinking. We have a world that's hopeless. I don't have a clue what to do with their thoughts. We'll talk about what to do with our thoughts here in a minute. In fact, we'll spend a couple of weeks doing it probably. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to change a thought. What to do with a thought process that keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. And here's the deal. If we don't address it and take authority over it and bring it captive as the Scripture tells us to, which we'll get into in the weeks to come, then it... Gets progressively worse. And so we've got to first go, hey, something's not right. But when we feel that, we don't start Googling mental diagnoses. We go to God and we let him help us. If you need doctor's help, get doctor's help. We need you alive. Let's do what we need to do. But then let God help us. Don't leave him out of the equation. The next thing that the psalmist tells us to do is hope in God. Never, ever, ever were circumstances supposed to be our hope for peace, supposed to be our hope for joy, for rest, for mental well-being. We go through circumstances and situations. We even go through cycles of emotion. I went through a cycle of grief 10 years ago and occasionally I go through other things due to that loss. We, we go through things, right? Eric? We go through things. We just don't camp there. And the way we don't camp there is we, we turn to our hope. I don't have to stay this way. My, my thinking does not have to stay this way. I do not have to continue to see the world this way. And you know what? The devil's a liar. What he's telling you is not the truth anyway. If it's come to steal, kill, and destroy you, it is a lie from the pit of hell. It is not from God. It is not the truth. And you know, once we start looking down, we start seeing everything in that light. I shouldn't say. We, should, we start seeing everything in that darkness. But when we look to hope, we start seeing everything in that light. light. Have some friends that will tell you the truth. Thank you, John. Have some friends that will tell you the truth. Hey, what's going on? Something ain't right. What's going on? And when they do, don't get angry. Get to work. Down days come to everybody. Don't be ashamed of that just because you, you walk in faith. Don't be ashamed of that because you're a Christian. We go through seasons. Sometimes I remember weird times when I was a teenager. I was weird. I'm st- okay, I'm still a little weird, but I was quiet. I was inward. I was very much lived in my own bubble. My mother would bust through it every morning. I like to be alone, not to an unhealthy level. But when I got home, I, I wrote poetry. That's how I expressed myself. That was my outlet. I wish I could find that book. It's somewhere in your house. Lord have mercy. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I think it's in storage room somewhere. I'll, I'll try to remember what it looked like that it was in. It was in like a photo album, I think. And I had, and that's how I would deal with what I was. Look, kids, young people in the room, as you're growing in who you are in Christ Jesus, and as you're growing in who you are in what you're going to do, and you're going to go through weird times where you feel like. You don't belong or maybe you're different or you don't have a clue what's going on in your body and these hormones that have suddenly appeared from nowhere and it's changing your body, changing your voice, changing how you think, changing how you see things. Hold tight. God will help you through this stage. And then you go through it in your 20s when you're trying to figure out, you know, I went through all this college and now I... I don't want to do that. My parents spent all this money. I went through all this education. I, you, you go through, and then you get married, and Lord have mercy. There's all kinds of changes growing with another person that was raised in California. <laughs> A different world. Sorry, Sharon. Y'all can talk later. Raised, his family was raised different than my family, and then, then you start feeling like, who is this person? I mean, I liked him for a while, and then here we go where he just he wants to fish all the time. Why does he want to be with me? I mean you are laughing, but this is this is real. Are y'all laughing because it is so real? And and then you have kids, and then here goes the hormones again, ladies. Chung, 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 chung. I mean, and then you lose your own life, you know, and And you're either pregnant or feeding a baby or, I mean, it's just like this. There's this whole nother thing and this whole nother season. And all these thoughts come, why did I do this? Where did this kid come from? I mean, why did I choose to be a parent? And I I remember one time a good friend of mine, very professional person, speaks into my life professionally, um, he looked at me and he said, parenting is highly overrated. Just (laughs) devastated me. Devastated me because that's, you know, that's, that's my lifelong, I live for that. And so, you know, it d- devastated me. But really, in reality, it was really funny what he said. Sometimes it's hard. You got twins? It's hard. Y'all, we go through seasons. Life happens. Don't think that your brain and that your mental state Is is way off because you have a down day. Just recognize it and deal with it. If we recognize it and deal with it, then it doesn't become a big deal. But call it out, deal with it. Begin to look at your hope instead of your problem. We don't live off happiness. We live in joy which is a fruit of the Spirit, of being led by the Spirit. It is not a feeling or an emotion. It is a state of being because we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us and we choose to listen to Him instead of our flesh or our brain. So if you're looking for happy to think you're normal, there isn't anybody out there that's always normal. Because there ain't anybody out there that's always happy. And social media is feeding you a lie. TikTok is feeding you a lie. Instagram is feeding you a lie. And whatever the next big thing is, I don't know, I'm always behind on this stuff. I'm probably a century behind just listing those. It's feeding you a lie that everybody looks so good and they're so happy out there. It's just not true. Y'all may think Mary is just a bundle of joy all the time. And I think she's a bundle of joy all the time. But, you know, occasionally her kids, there we go, got a few witnesses in the house. (laughs) Do not turn the camera that direction. We don't want any evidence of what just took place here. We don't live off happiness. We live in joy. If I don't feel happy, I still have joy. Even in the darkest times. we have joy in the midst of whatever because oh, hebrews 6:19 we have this hope as an anchor for our soul firm and secure we have this hope we have an anchor for our soul firm and secure the waves blow they come they beat the rain comes right the floods rise There's one house that stands and there's one house that falls. Only the house that is built upon the rock, the firm foundation, Jesus Christ and his word will still be standing when this thing passes. And this thing will pass. It will pass. It will pass. Hold tight. Man, I look back at that note. And I'm glad I wrote it because at the time I did not know where I would, I knew I would be, but I did not know how I would be one year later, five years later, now ten years later after we lost our son. I, I knew I would live, I have my daughter. And my husband at the time I didn't have grandchildren or anything but I knew I had a purpose in life I knew they were part of it y'all were part of it so I knew I would be I just didn't know how I would be and I read it this week and it just moved me that God is the anchor of my soul so whatever Winds are blowing around you right now. Hold tight. You're going to outlast this. I guess I better move along. The next thing he said, I will praise. You know, when you're, I hate to keep using this, but when you're in a funk, when you're not thinking right, it has to be a decision to praise because it's not what's happening naturally. What's natural is I want to focus on how I feel. How I feel. Man, we live in a society right now that is just all about how we feel. Well, this is how I feel. Well, do you want to keep feeling that way? If not, then we've then we got to turn this thing around. I will. I will praise. I love Psalm 103. Verse 1, King James Version says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know what he's doing? He's commanding himself. Oh, you want to grope about this right now? And you want, to, you want to soak in how you feel right now? No, because I know where that's taken me. That's dark, breeding dark. And there is nowhere else to go but deeper. You, speaking to myself, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless. What does that word mean? Bless. It means to praise or to say something good about. You start saying something good about the Lord, soul. Quit talking about yourself. Quit wallowing in yourself. You bless the Lord. So you say something. Let's start talking about the goodness of God, oh my soul. All that is within me. You bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And don't forget his benefits. All his benefits. Oh, that's how we cure that problem. We start remembering all His benefits. The Lord has never failed me. He's never failed me. I have a lot to be thankful for. I was talking to somebody Friday that was down, been through a similar situation as mine and a few other different situations than mine, but both of us have had multiple opportunities to be down. And she said, I tend to go negative. And I said, well, that's, that's our flesh. I mean, our flesh tends to, if you leave the flesh unattended, you leave the soul unattended, it goes negative. We didn't get born again in our soul. We got born again in our spirit. Now our spirit tells our soul how to think. We renew our mind, Romans 12 tells us. We renew our mind. We change how it thinks. God doesn't do that. We do that. He gives us his word to use but we have to implement it. And I said, yes, but, but we're so blessed. Even though this happened, this happened, this happened. Look at us. We're, we're working. We're functioning. We're taking care of children and of grandchildren, and, and they love us, and they live near us, and just began to list the, we have our churches, we have our faith, we have friends, we have people in our community that love us and just started listing because we've got to turn this thinking around or we can sit here and list what we've been through and you and I both can walk out of this place of business and get in our car and cry all the way home or we can, we can turn this focus around. We as Christians have to remember to do this. Forget not all his benefits. He forgave all of your iniquities. He has healed all your diseases. He has redeemed your life from destruction. He has crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He has satisfied your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteous and judgment for all that are oppressed. He just wanted to remind you. He just wanted to remind you. Your sins are forgiven. Your body's been healed. He's executed righteousness and judgment because you were oppressed. He can satisfy your mouth with good things. Your youth can be renewed. Like That means the energy and vigor that you need, that depression zaps from you, God's blessing, God can put that energy and vigor and vivacious life back in you. He can. You may go through a period where it's work, where you're saying these things and you're not feeling it, but say them until it changes your countenance. Now, what we read the first time, it literally changes our countenance. You look that word countenance up, you know what it means? Your face and y'all don't have a poker face. Sorry, didn't happen. I can't fake it. And so when he changes my countenance, you, you know it. When I'm going through something, you know it. So pray. <laughs> when, you, when you see me, my poker face not working too well, pray. Speak the word into me, encourage me. I need to do the same for you instead of saying, What's wrong with you? That doesn't help people. I don't know if y'all have noticed that or not, but that does not help people. Mom had a book, and I ordered myself one, Dr. Lillian Yeomans, Y-E-O-M-A-N-S. She was a medical doctor. This was back in, like, the 30s. I think she died in 1942. She gave up her medical practice uh, because she found healing in the ministry. And she was a, a, she was a drug addict. She had got hooked on the very drugs that she was giving to people. And the Lord set her free. And so it's a great story. But in, in her book that's called um, Healing from Heaven, she talks about the praise cure. The praise cure. And she talks about another woman in this, in this book that had a vision from God. The woman was very ill. And the woman had a vision and the Lord showed her two baskets, like we would call it a scale today. One containing her praise, which was about half full. The other containing her testing, which was full. And in that dream, he told her that her praise basket must outbalance the other in her soul. And when she reached that point, she went extreme with it. She was very obedient. She praised nonstop. She did what it took, is what I'm going to say, until the praise basket put the other out in her soul. And she was healed. I don't even remember what I think it was like. Back then, it was like measles or chicken pox. It was something, but it was detrimental at their time. in their time. And until it disappeared off her body, she praised. And I love that. The praise cure. And I remember a quote. I think it was, I'm not going to say who it was because I can't remember. I was reading someone. They said, our feelings are not always chosen, but our words are. John Lindahl, is that right? Uh, Billy's author, he loaned me a book, John Lindahl, I think is his name. Our feelings are not always chosen, but our words are. Don't forget that. Because you may not can help how you're feeling at the moment, but you can change how you're feeling in a moment. And you can do it with your words. They're indicators of where we are, but they're also indicators of where we want to be. A lot of times we get caught up saying how we feel instead of speaking to our emotions and to our thoughts and commanding them to line up with the Word of God. The last thing, let him help. (laughs) Let God help. One of the most detrimental things about depression and mental attacks is the isolation. Every single time. This is what the enemy will try to do. Isolate you. Get you to not get help. From friends, from loved ones, from doctors, from God. Not get help. Isolate. This is something that we, we're seeing the residue of from COVID was the damage of isolation. The damage to the, the mind. Who knew? That there would be a lasting residue on humanity from being isolated. God. God did. John 5, 6, when Jesus saw a man lying, he was crippled. And he knew that the man had been that way for a long time. He looked at him, Jesus looked at him and he said, Do you want to be made whole? that may sound like a really stupid question, but I think it's an important one this morning. If you're dealing with mental things, do you want to be made whole? And the man answered him and he said, I don't have anybody. Do you know that's still common today? I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody. And you know, most of the time I just look at that person who says that to me and I say, what am I? You're standing right here in front of me, talking to me, telling me you don't have anybody. That's a lie from the pit that you don't have anybody. You've got somebody. you got God. Let him help. And that's basically what Jesus said. The guy said, I have no man to put me in the pool when it's stirred. And what, because when I'm coming, somebody gets in front of me. And Jesus said, get up, take your bed, and walk. Quit complaining about not having somebody when the somebody is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he's saying, rise up out of this. Leave what you've been laying in, pick it up, don't return to it, in other words, and walk away from it. He's given us that ability through his word. It may take time for you to get there where you feel mentally sound, but let's start something today. Let's head in the right direction. Let's quit saying we don't have anybody. Let's get up and start walking away from this thing. And it says, and immediately the man was made whole. When he decided to let God help him and quit looking for people to help him, a person to help him, a marriage to help him, children to help him make him happy, a wife to make him happy, a job to make him happy. If you ain't happy, it's in you. And you're not always going to be happy, but you can always live in joy. Be open to instruction and let him help. I'm telling you, the mind is powerful ground and there is a war for it. Proverbs 23 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As we think in our heart, so are we. Are you the healed that the enemy's trying to make sick? Or are you the sick trying to get well? Because as you think in your heart, that's how you are. Are you the joyful who lives life in a cursed earth and occasionally things happen around us? Are you the depressed waiting for some circumstance to change how you feel? As you think in your heart, that's the way you're going to be we got to be ready to receive some instruction through this thing. And I believe we will. We're going to end with Philippians 4, I think. Yes. We're not going to spend a lot of time here. But I really want to make sure we got this one in so that you can start meditating on it this week. When I say meditation, I'm not talking about yoga practice here. I'm talking about a biblical practice and uh, it's really beautifully written in Joshua 1.8. But when we meditate the Word, the Scripture tells us to meditate the Word. It means to think on it, to talk about it, to mutter it, to ponder it if you live in Arkansas, uh, to, to roll it around in our heads. I want us to meditate on this verse. He says, do not be anxious, verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything. If you're dealing with anxiety... There's a lot of anxiety diagnosis. If you're dealing with anxiety, this is for you. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. It doesn't say to be thankful for everything. It says to be in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. You can be open with him with thanksgiving because you know it's going to change. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, the peace of God that transcends or passes all understanding. The peace of God that passes what makes sense. How can you have peace in this situation? Because it's the peace of God. It's not my peace that comes from my circumstances. So it can outlast, be bigger than this circumstance. You can have peace in any any situation, a calm. It's available. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends or passes all understanding, it will guard your heart. It will guard your mind. It will guard your mind. It will guard your mind. It puts a guard at your mind. It says, "Uh uh-uh, that thought can't come in here. This is where the peace of God reigns, so that thought can't come in here. It will guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy... Think on that. Think on it. Think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace, he'll be with you. He'll be with you. This is the filter that we put our thoughts through. I remember back in the days when we had these things called wells that we got our water out of. And some of you still have them for your gardens and things. And we, we, we had to have a filter to get out, I don't know, what was that that smelled like rotten eggs? Sulfur. I mean, there was all kinds of minerals and stuff that would come through the water. And we would have these filters that had charcoal or different things in them for the water to, to filter through. And it would take out all those contaminants and leave us what was pure. That's what this verse is. If it's not noble, if it's not pure, if it's not lovely, if it's not right, if it's not excellent, if it's not praiseworthy, if it's not true, it doesn't just go through one of these things like, oh, it's true, sister. What I'm telling you is true. I heard it, I saw it on social media. It's true. But is it noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable excellent and praiseworthy because it goes through the whole filter and when it comes out you should have a thought that's worth keeping that will nourish you instead of destroy you so can we work on that this week look feelings aren't bad god gave us emotions we're just not supposed to be led by them They're not supposed to dictate to our life. They're not supposed to lead us. They're not supposed to hold us captive. And they're not supposed to be, thoughts are not supposed to be terminal. We can renew them. And we'll talk about that next week. Y'all can stand. He wants us whole. If you don't feel like you're whole, stick with it. Stick with us. I'm not going to lay hands. I can't lay hands on you and command your thinking to be right. We're going to learn how to do this biblically. I wish, because if we could do that, y'all would be all be up here laying hands on my head. Okay, this is something that we're growing in. Yeah, I know, Matt. You'd be first in line, wouldn't you? And we're going to work on this together. And then if, if you have any, you know, deeper things that you that you need help with, you need to talk, I have great people you can talk to. And if you need direction, we can help. Okay? For most of us, it's, it's pretty common things. Well... It's all common things. It comes down to we have a good God and there's a bad devil. And we're going to choose which one we're going to think like. And it's going to be God. Right. So, Father, we just dedicate ourselves right now. We present ourselves holy. W-H, holy. Spirit, soul, and body. There's not a part of us that Jesus didn't pay for. Not a part of us that Jesus didn't suffer to make us whole. And we present ourselves that way to you this morning, Holy Spirit, soul, and body. And we open ourselves up to your help for you to help us so that we can walk with a mind that is sound as you have promised us. So Holy Spirit, saying that, you being our helper, you being the teacher of the church, uh, if we start our thoughts in a wrong direction or our Words in a wrong direction. We give you permission to give us the nudge to shut up. To shut up, not to say it, not to think it, to stop it. And we'll use our words. We'll use your word coming out of our mouths to stop that thing and to set it, thoughts into right motion. Your word has an anointing on it to break the yoke, to break what is holding us, what has held us, what has been driving us. It's not just words, it's your words. And when we use them, we believe that we can change our thoughts as your word tells us. We give you glory. We give you praise. That areas that were dark that we haven't even discussed with anybody, you are are plowing new ground. And those areas are coming to light, to your light, so that they can be healed. And we will walk in that health. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.